Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are still in our series on joy, and today we are talking about humility. Before we get started, I have a question for you all, and that is, what does humility mean to you? We have this cool microphone thing, and Corey's not here, and I don't know how to work it, so I'm just doing a voice note on my phone, um, in case you're wondering. <laughs> that I think is working. I do know. Um, hire me, Steve Jobs. So, okay. Um, so we are in a series in Philippians uh, that we just started a few weeks ago. We're in a series on joy. Um, and it's been really, really fun, and it's been a nice switch. We just finished a long series in Deuteronomy. Um, yeah, a few claps for Deuteronomy, when do you think that was going to happen? So it's been really good. So when we sat down and we were thinking through um, the book of Philippians, who was going to speak which week, and you know where we were going to be in the book, I find myself <clears throat> getting this passage that we're going to talk about this morning, and I was like, ugh, big eye roll, because it's one, has historically been one of my least favorite passages. So I'm just setting all this up in case anyone's going to resonate when we read it. Um, For the way in which it was explained to me and the behaviors in which I saw it produce, um, I never enjoyed that. And so what's been fun about being a pastor at a place like New Abbey and growing in my own understanding of the wisdom of the Bible and what it teaches us, I know that wisdom is wisdom is wisdom, um, and the lenses through which you see that are very important. Um, And so after doing so much work and reading books and conversations and the people in this community, circling back to this passage has been very cool to me um, and very redemptive and very sweet. And so uh, we're going to talk about that. I just say I like to say if I read it and you roll your eyes, it's fine. I get it. Um, But we're still going to talk about it this morning. (laughs) Philippians 2 goes like this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... And make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, Um, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Sorry, even though I said that, is this anyone's life verse? (laughs) Does anyone in New Abbey have a life verse? Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right. So, let me tell you about a little bit about my experience um, with this passage. So, you know, every Sunday we say we believe in unity over uniformity, right? Brene Brown, the prophet, would describe (laughs) this as the difference between fitting in and belonging. I feel like for a long time I understood this passage as fitting in. Being like-minded, being of the same love, being of all these things felt like a way to say, if you are different than what we are going to deem as the norm, you need to get on board with what we're doing because that's not right. It felt like the kind of thing we have described to, this is what we believe, this is the way it plays out, this is where you fit in that hierarchy, this is where you need to find yourself, and if you don't do that, then you're going against scripture because we need to be like-minded on the same accord of one mind, right? Anyone? And then it makes me think about all the ways in my life in which I have sat on the side of fitting in instead of sitting on the side of belonging. 
All of the ways in which there have been things about myself that I have tried to change or fit or mold or deny or push back to try to be something that fit in with what was going to work, with what was the norm. There are body standards that I grew up with that felt like the norm that are not my body. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what fitting into that meant. I remember years and years and years of straightening my hair because no one else in my school had curly hair. And if I could have straight hair, that would be closer to me fitting in. Or there were times where I pretended to um, be attracted to boyfriends. <laughs> Bless their hearts, okay? <laughs> because everyone else liked boys, right? <clears throat> I feel like a lot of people who grew up in, like, Rosicky the Gay went overboard. Like, I like, hung up so many pictures of boys on my wall, like, just to overcompensate, like, yeah, look how many I like. <laughs> you have two on the whole wall, right? Um, but we know what it feels like to try to fit in. It doesn't feel the same as belonging. Belonging feels like when you get to bring all of who you are, someone brings all of who they are, you create a space where you get to exist and you don't have to be the same but you both get to have value in who you are. You get to belong. And some of the deepest joy, I think, in our lives come from when we truly feel that sense of belonging. Like, these are my people, I can be safe here, I can be me here. There's not, I don't have to change, I don't have to fit in, I don't have to mold, I don't have to adjust, I get to be here. Um, I was talking to Sammy, whenever I'm preaching, I talk through my uh, talk with her, because I talk a lot, but, um, and I was telling her about belonging and fitting in, and she was like, can you think of an example like of that? And it was a really special moment, and I could have cried because I was like, New Abbey. New Abbey is totally that for me. It brings me so much pride in this humility sermon. Um, <laughs> but to think about this community and how beautiful it is to me, and so many Sundays, Corey and I sit back there and just look around the room, and we're like, we could cry. Because this is what we see for belonging. This is what I love belonging to. I love belonging to this room of people who are like, kind of weird, kind of whatever, but totally their selves, right? Like, you ever that one friend who's just like wild? You're like, that's my girl, though. Like, she's, she's kind of creepy, but like, I love her. And that's just her, and you're like, yeah. And she's about ready to die, right? But in a room full of people who get to be who they are, we're not trying to come in this room and say, we all need to leave like Johnny. We all need to be like Corey. We all need to be like me. We all need to be X, Y, Z. No, we get to come in this room and say it's beautiful that we belong to one another and the diversity with what we bring. I was having a conversation with someone um, that was more like an argument, but it's fine. And, <laughs> and they're like, well, you're, you, you're a pastor at a gay church. And I was like, I'm not. I'm a pastor at a people church. Um, gay people are certainly welcome. Because I'm gay and I'm a pastor, <laughs> that attracts a certain group of people. But, <laughs> but everyone comes. It's not a church for gay people. You don't have to be gay to be here. You don't have to be straight to be here. You don't have to know anything about your sexuality to be here. You just get to be a person and be here. There's not a, a creed that we need to ascribe to. There's not a list of sins that you have to avoid to be a part. There's not anything. You belong because you are a person. And that sense of belonging, thank you. Oh, sweet, thank you. <laughs> but that sense of belonging is what brings our hearts joy when we are not trying to fit in when we truly belong. 
And the beauty about this space that we get to experience and create on Sundays is it's beautiful and I love coming together and I love the conversations. But the point of what we're trying to do is how we hope to try and see the world. That it's not just that every human belongs in this space because you're human and there's something magic about these walls and this room or the new space. or the, There's not anything magic about this. We are just reminding each other of what's already true. As a local priest in Pasadena says, we gather together on Sundays to reverse the amnesia. Because we have times when we forget. But our collective belonging to one another is what we're talking about in this passage. And we all agree that because you are a person, you belong. That's what Jesus was doing constantly. Saying, you're a woman and they say you don't belong, let me go to you. You're a kid and they say you don't belong, let me go to you. You're a leper and they say you don't belong, let me go to you. Because everyone belongs, that's the whole freaking point, right? And so we have this collective belonging that we get to see the world through. And it's through this understanding of our belonging that I want to talk about humility. Um, I kind of like just like hate humility. Like I was like, I have to do the humility song. Um, because I feel like it's been shown one of two ways in my life. The first is like super spiritual. Does anyone know like a super spiritual humble person? I went to college with someone who was like a fantastic singer. Um, and every time she would like sing or perform, and we'd say like, Leslie, you killed it. She's like, not me. <laughs> You're like, okay, God, you killed it. <laughs> Kill a range, man. Um, and then the other, I feel like humility I've experienced is just like self-deprecation. Um, of being like, you look great today. Like, no, I don't. (laughs) Okay, no, you don't, you know. um. (laughs) But this this fear, this like masked insecurity coming out is like, oh, I just need to like think less of myself. Or all of these weird ways in which I've seen like humility uh, be explained or, or shown to me. And I think in reality there's, Humility means lots of different things. Um, But what I want to talk about this morning is what that means in light of our collective belonging. Um, And I want to talk about that through something. And I'm always really self-conscious of how I tell stories in this room. Because I've been a part of a lot of churches where the only stories that the pastors tell are the ones where they're the hero. Right? Um, And so I always try to do the opposite, which is easy (laughs) from my life experience. Insert self-deprecating humor. But today I'm going to tell a story about something I'm really good at. So that was just to set you up. Um, I pride myself, again, in the humility passage, on being a person who rarely ever gets angry while I drive. Like, it's almost impossible to make me mad driving, right? Because I'm aware that when someone cuts me off, I'm like... Um, But my wife, my sweet, sweet wife, like if she was here and you looked at her, you just, you might tear up because of the sweetness. But when she's in a car, for some reason, like, I, I don't even know what comes over her. And literally, we were meeting some friends for dinner this weekend, and I was like still processing through my sermon, I was telling her, I was like, I'm going to kind of talk about driving and, you know, kind of how it's, like, wild when people, like, react to driving or whatever. And someone was in front of her, like, not really fast. She was like, you piece of shit. And I was like, <laughs> 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 like, we'll be driving and the 
profanities that fling from our mouth so freely at like people driving. I'm like, whoa, right? It's driving. And then even after all of that, so we've had this conversation. We were at Whole Foods. We were going to Whole Foods on Saturday, right? Which is like, don't do that. And so we're at Whole Foods Saturday. And the, the parking lot is like a nightmare. And like people are trying to pull out and wait. And it's like really, you know, we're just sitting there. And Sammy's like getting so mad. And finally she says like, she's like being serious. She's like, it's just hard when you're the only person who knows how to drive. <laughs> so like, yeah, that is quite the burden to bear. <laughs> She's like, you're gonna talk about that, aren't you? For sure. Yeah, that's what perfectly lines up with what I'm trying to do. Um, She's not here this morning now. Um, so. Here's what's interesting though, is I have yet to experience someone doing something to me in a car that I have not done many, many times. But the way in which I talk to myself when I do it is very different than how we interact when someone else does it, right? Like the other day I was driving and Waze was just like having a moment and I didn't know like which way like I need to go on the freeway, so I'm like right in the middle to the last minute and I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Or I've been driving and texting at a stoplight, and then I don't know when it turns green, and someone's like losing their mind behind me. And I'm ruining a whole life, you know? Um, or I've just been driving and kind of zoned out, and then they're like, oh, my turn, and like brakes and then turn. The person behind me is like honking, like, get a lot. And you're like, what? Oh my gosh, right? But like when you do it, you know when you do it, you're like, oh, I just, it was a perfectly good reason, and I'm a really good person and a good driver, and that was just that moment, right? When someone else does it, and you're like, you disrespected my family. <laughs> you're like, fascinating? Fascinating, right? As I'm, well, now I'm like aware of it, because I know I'm like talking about this, and I'm like in Starbucks the other day, and someone's pulling in like their F-350, which I'm like, come on, you know? And um, the truck is so big that like they need both sides of like the turn-in thing at Starbucks. So I'm like coming out and then they're coming in and like we stop real quick because we're like in each other. I was like, whoa, you know? And they're like, girl. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> so I just like back up and I'm like backing up and as I'm backing up, they're pulling in and they're still like, like banging on their steering wheel. Like I'm like, what? What could be that serious? Like what about this interaction is that serious to you, right? The answer is nothing. Anger is a mass emotion. But, to my point. <laughs> Here's what I feel like humility is in this collective understanding of belonging. It says that you do not get to elevate yourself above someone for doing something that you have done. That you don't get to think more of yourself than someone who is in a place where you were. That you don't get to elevate yourself above anyone because we are all in this collective experience of trying to figure out how the hell to be human and that's the hardest job any of us have ever had. And that gets really tricky. But I know from my own life, I remember when I thought it was a sin to be gay. I remember from my own life where it made sense, like maybe women, yeah, women shouldn't speak to audiences that have men in them. I thought that. I believed that. I remember in Heighton um, College, like kind of shaming my friends for having sex with their boyfriends because I was um, such a big advocate of purity. 
because I was gay. <laughs> but I still feel bad about it. Like, I vividly remember, like, some of my best friends, and I'll still just sometimes be like, I'm really sorry, but, like, I would just be like, I don't know how you're falling like that because it's just so easy and if you just do XYZ then you won't like get into that and like yes your flesh girl get it under control <laughs> whatever yeah apparently it is hard not to have sex with someone you're attracted to I found out okay? <laughs> but I've been there and that was me and I still feel bad and I still hold that and I remember what that was like and because I know that is life, and I was there, then now how do I get to elevate myself and be more enlightened and better and a better person than people who still think that? Because I've gone on this journey, so now that just makes me a better person who deserves more value, more love, more healing, more wholeness, more joy? It doesn't. But that's how we respond. I've been the person a thousand times texting and driving and distracted and getting honked at. So now I get to honk at someone? Well, you, we've all been the person that have grown out of a belief, that have progressed past an ideology, that have experienced something that used to think something that we don't think anymore, and now we don't get to look at those people and be like, you idiot. That's so dumb. You're so pre-enlightened. You prehistoric Republican dinosaur. Like, what? You know what I mean? These are words I've heard said in my home. <laughs> but it is. It gets really hard to do that. But understanding this collective belonging that every human being has value, including us. But if we get in touch with our own value, then that should change the way we see people, any people, every person. And I think there's something really scary about allowing that to happen. And there's something deeply personal that we need to get in touch with to allow that to happen. So for example, uh, we got into a conversation at the first gathering um, and someone was like, I'm just an asshole. And like, I'm just like an asshole and I think all these things, I'm the only one, she's, her wife was here, and she's like, I'm the only one who knows how to fold laundry right, and I'm the one who knows how to do dishes right, and I'm the only thing, and I'm always telling that to my wife. You can raise a hand, it's okay, yeah. And I'm, um, even she'll like try to wash the dishes for me, and then I'll be like, thank you so much, but then I have to redo them, because I'm the only one who knows how to wash dishes, right? Like, which, come on. Okay, only one person, but I know it's probably not people, right? And we got this beautiful conversation, because the point is not to shame ourselves out of thinking these things. The point is not to shame ourselves for the thoughts that we have while driving or the thoughts that we have when we encounter someone who disagrees with us or the thoughts that we have when we meet someone who has uh, gone on the same journey that we have in an earlier stage, right? The point is not to shame ourselves and be like, I'm just a dick, right? I don't know why that word came out so strong. Um, <laughs> I regret saying it. Um, but the point is to say, what is that tied to in me? What is that tied to in me that I need to understand? What is that masking? What experiences does that come from in me? Because my own internal work is going to be the thing that's going to allow me to see people as people. It's really hard. It's really, really hard work to realize that I have hurt people in the same way that I've been hurt. 
And to encounter someone who now hurts people in that same way is very, very hard. I have had this mentality of an oppressor because I have felt oppressed. And to now encounter people who have that oppressor mentality is really, really hard. I'm going through some things that I probably haven't even uncovered yet because some people just bug me and I don't know why yet, but I'm sure it's somehow connected to something, right? My therapist, Abby, can help me bring that up, right? But that is the work we need to do if we're going to understand not only our own belonging, but everyone's belonging. And if we're going to be able to have the kind of humility that doesn't say, I can't take a compliment or whatever, but the kind of humility that says, even though this person hurts people in the way that I once was hurt, I am still going to see them as human. And that doesn't mean that I don't have boundaries. That doesn't mean that they need to be in your life. But that means when you think about them, you know whether or not you elevate yourself above them because of how enlightened and progressive you are. And that's really hard work. But that's all of our jobs. Boundaries are important. I'm not saying let whoever in your life no matter what they think. No. But you know what you think about them. You know whether or not you have elevated yourself to some different level of humanity because of your journey. And those are the moments where we need to get in touch with the fact that we belong to one another. And if we belong to one another, then we have to value one another. And that's really hard work especially in a room like this, especially in a room full of people who have probably experienced oppression in the form of someone telling you that you don't belong. But we just got out of like a 30-week series or something in maturity, and that is what maturity is, saying I'm not going to become the very thing that hurt me. Even though someone couldn't see value in me, I see value in them. Even though I have tried to fit in, what I will not do is tell someone they need to be like me to receive value from me. And that's really, really hard work, but I think that's what we need to do. I'll end the same way I started by quoting Brene Brown, but she says that joy is the most vulnerable emotion. Joy is our most vulnerable emotion. And you know this if you've ever been in a moment of pure joy and then immediately you thought about something awful happening, right? Because you, you, you get so vulnerable in those moments. Like sometimes I'll just look at Sammy and I'll be kissing her and I'm like, I love her so much. And I'm like, what if she died? You know, has anyone ever had that? It's such a vulnerable thing to feel joy. And we mask that with a lot of fear and insecurities. And that masking shows up in the way we see not only ourselves, but others. And I think it's, it's funny to me to think about joy as maturity, but it really is about choosing to sit in that vulnerability that might be taken away, to truly sit in that vulnerability of something that won't be forever, to sit in that vulnerability of something that makes you open, right? But that's the only way I think we're gonna be able to look at people who are somewhere along where we've been or haven't been or aren't there yet and say, yeah, here we all are, right? Humanity at its finest. So you're gonna get back with the same three or four people and you're gonna ask this question What is one area of your life that needs more humility? Enjoy.
Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.